0: Welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Rich Dotson. Here, my fellow nerd, Garrett Price. How's it going? It's going good. Just you and I on a little date night. Uh, no Jared Wackerly no, he's, he's across the country uh Matt O'Hara is mentally ill and physically ill so he's out today so it's just the two of us yes you know it's, it's it's special it's it's date night building castles in the sky so we're gonna talk some uh we're gonna talk about some NFL draft just not like what happened and what are the cause and effects of these rookies entering their team we had some trades to talk about that we weren't able to break down last week some players on some new teams, who do we like, who do we don't like from Dynasty aspect, and so much more. Before we get into that, though, I got to tell you guys, You know, if you're just listening to the show now, make sure you head over to our YouTube channel and hit that subscribe button. I mean, you're going to get such unique content on top of the podcast. I mean, Garrett, you just did a video with Kyle Yates. Uh, Jared and the film nerds, they, they're they doing other film nerd stuff. You just did that video with uh, Matt Harmon on the podcast. Uh, yeah. Uh, wide receivers. I mean, it's got almost 5,000 views already. That's crushing. And of course, our dynasty team audits as well. I mean, there's so much original content yep. over there, Garrett. It's, it's great. It's, it's 100% the reason why you should go over there and support the cause.
1: Yep, absolutely. I love the YouTube channel. And that was something that we've like done on and off in the past. But this year, we're really trying to hit it hard and make sure that even in between podcasts, there's still stuff for you to watch.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, Garrett does such a good co- job on uh, content creation. So he's kind of really taken over that YouTube channel. So if you like Garrett and you hate me, which, you know, it's okay to do too, get on our YouTube channel and check out his handsome face and all the great interviews he has and all the great shows we have. And maybe we'll be auditing your team shirt soon. And maybe you want your team audited. You're like, Rich, Garrett, how do I get my team audited on the YouTube show? Well, the best way to do that is head over to our partner, Prize Picks. What is Prize Picks? Prize Picks is the legal best legal way to go out there and make prop bets. You make two to 10 prop bets. You win 10 times your money, two to five players. And you get out there, you take some overs, some unders. You can take some futures bets. And the way we're doing it is if you use the promo code nerds, not only will they match your first deposit up to 100 bucks and it get you some extra cash. If you want to go out there and bet on some uh, prop bets on Major League Baseball, MMA, NBA playoffs, hockey, anything that you could think about, um they have the action for you but if you make a futures bet in the nfl like i, I said a c- couple of weeks ago i like the joe mixon over rushing yards which is 1150. if you make a futures bet and you send it to over we have a link on a google sheet here in the show notes uh you can click on that show notes on the youtube channel or the podcast put in your information put the email in you use with the promo code not only will it, will it get you a chance to get your team audited but we'll also send you a dynasty nerds T-shirt, the most comfortable t-shirt you will ever wear. Your high five increase intake will just increase drastically. It's the most comfortable shirt that will be in your wardrobe. Check out our friends at Prize Picks, win some cash, get some free gear, get your team audited, and of course, by supporting us, use that promo code No Nerds and you'll be all set. Garrett, are you ready to get in some of these draft takeaways?
1: Absolutely. That's the thing I think that gets overlooked. Sometimes we talk about how good these players are or aren't, but sometimes they have drastic effects on the veterans on their team. So I'm excited to break this down.
0: Yeah, let's get first in a couple of trades that we saw on draft days. Uh, First one, A.J. Brown, obviously the biggest trade. He gets traded to Philadelphia. You know, what are we looking at on A.J. Brown? A dynasty darling still has on on a points per basis in PPR leagues. I mean, A.J. Brown's been a stud muffin, but overall, statistically wise, I mean, what, 1,100? I think it was 1,104. Like, his yardage was, like, his best year. Um, Still ready to, like, take that next step into superstardom. They're paying him $25 million a year, four years, $100 million deal. So he gets the contract that he wants. Opposite of Devontae uh, Smith. Got Dallas Goddard there as well. Miles Sanders in the backfield. And, of course, Jalen Hurts, which is going to help the most here. What do you think about this trade? What do you – What do you like about it? Does this hurt Devontae Smith? Does this help Devontae Smith? Does this hurt A.J. Brown? Who who loses out on this trade from a dynasty aspect, and who is set to gain in your eyes, Garrett?
1: I think there's only one player on the Philadelphia side of this that wins, and I think that's Jalen Hurts, obviously. You add a receiver of A.J. Brown's caliber, that's pretty nice. So I think he's really the only one that I can say confidently that wins. Everyone else in this situation, I mean, I don't think this helps Devontae Smith. We were hoping that he was going to be the alpha there. He was going to be getting tons of targets. Same thing with Dallas Goddard. We we were hoping that those two are going to kind of be this nice duo. And then here comes A.J. Brown, arguably the, the most talented of the three. And it, it kind of jacks everything up. And even from AJ Brown's perspective, he yes, he was never working on like a high volume passing offense, but this offense is in the same boat. But now we're getting a slightly less accurate quarterback than we had before. So I'm guessing similar amount of targets, but slight drop in accuracy. So I, I just don't know that this is going to be, you know, the the type of wide receiver three wide receiver four that we were hoping for coming into the season. I think we're now looking at wide receiver 10, 11, 12, like in there, uh, which sucks. I want him to be higher, but I just, I don't feel comfortable with any of those assets where I had ranked them a month ago.
0: Yeah. I agree with you hundred percent. AJ Brown. Uh, I think AJ Brown is somebody, well, I think Dallas Goddard takes the biggest hit because he was locked in as a number two guy there in Philadelphia, right? Because it was him and Devonte Smith. Jan Rager doesn't even count. Uh, Quest Watkins <laughs> doesn't count. And we know from a dynasty aspect, or not even a dynasty aspect, from a fantasy football aspect, if you want to get out of that middle of the road tier of tight ends, you have to be heavily targeted. It's as simple as that. Because you gotta, you gotta break that threshold of catches. You gotta get over that seventy catch mark. Uh, you gotta get close to that thousand yards. Heck. I mean, unless you're like a Hunter Henry who's scoring double-digit touchdowns and scoring 500 yards, you got to get the yardage. And Dallas Goddard's extremely talented. They paid him. He'll still get his targets. He'll probably still finish right around tight end number five, tight end six, right around there. And I think A.J. Brown takes the biggest here, here Garrett, because I don't think Jalen Hurts is that great of a quarterback. I still don't think Jalen Hurts is going to be the quarterback in 2023 for the Philadelphia Eagles. Um We'll see how that market turns up and how good they are and what draft position they have. But I do have plenty of first-round draft draft capital to move up in next year's draft if they feel the need to. And I think A.J. Brown right now as a dynasty darling, right, who's considered a first-round startup player, top end of the second round, a a top 16 pick, right, a top eight dynasty Mm -hmm. receiver. I got to move him down my ranks too. I didn't move him down yet because Jalen Hurts hurts him, Dallas Goddard hurts him, and Devontae Smith. I mean, we cannot forget about Devontae Smith here. Devontae Smith was a top hit. You know, he was a first-round pick, uh, top 16 pick, Heisman winner, a very, very savvy route runner. So when Jalen Hurts is on the move and he's looking to get somebody o- that's open right away, Devontae Smith is most likely going to be open. So I think Devontae Smith is still gonna get his. Now, obviously, they're paying AJ Brown $25 million a year. He's gonna get his as well, but it's gonna be that little bit of cannibalism here where they're all kind of Feed into each other a little bit. So, AJ Brown has 1,100 yards, thousand yards. Devontae Smith has like a thousand yards. Dallas Scotter gets like 750 somewhere right around there. I mean, Garrett, we're talking about uh tight end six and a couple wide receiver twos. You know, it's just that's not what you signed up for. I mean, maybe if their quarterback was different, I would go higher. You know, if they're in a they're run. I mean, obviously, with the running game, this should be a pass first offense. I don't know if the quarterback can handle that because if you have a guy like Matt Stafford, Justin Herbert at your quarterback, both these guys could easily score, get 1,400 yards. But I don't think that situation is in place in Philadelphia as we speak. So I would be interested, if I could, in selling A.J. Brown if I could still get that A.J. Brown hype price, right? Like if he still. Yeah, that top five wide receiver overall, I would just see if I can get a clear path to targets, like a lateral move. Like this is AJ Brown still super talented, but I'm just trying to score the most dynasty points possible, right? So like, I'm not just not looking for the most talented player. I mean, Nick Chubb is one of the most talented running backs in the NFL, but he's not the first running back off the board, let alone the fifth running back off your startup board. So for me, if I can make a lateral move somehow, some way, or... Maybe, I mean, Garrett, would you do something like A.J. Brown? Now, hear me out. This This is a little crazy. Would you do A.J. Brown in a 23 first for Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson? Ooh. I think I might. I think I might take Jefferson or Chase. I would, too, like 100%. Like, 100%. Like, I'm using this opportunity with A.J. Brown, who hasn't done anything yet. And... The good thing about that trade, I don't think, is like you don't get burned, right? Like you don't lose the trade. If you like the right. only one that can lose that trade is the AJ Brown side, right? Barring like injury to Justin Jefferson, and Jamar Chase. Because those guys are studs. Like obviously Chase has only done it in one year, right. so we'll like we don't want to lock him in as a total stud, but from what we've seen last year, total stud, lock me in. So I mean, you can't <laughs> lose in it. So we even look like, like a slight overpaid A, it'll be an underpaid tomorrow kind of scenario. I think I would oh, I would try to knock on that door and try to present it. And it's going to be really hard to do because nobody's trying to sell Chase. Nobody's trying to sell Je- Jefferson. So to make them make that trade in Dynasty, you have to offer them something they can't refuse. And if you're going to offer that first, you might as well dress it up a little bit, put some lipstick on that boy, bad boy, and I'll throw a 23 third in there too just to make it a little bit fancier. Uh, 23 first, 23 third, A.J. Brown for Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase. I'm throwing both uh, offers out there. I'm seeing what I can get, and I'm hoping I can get it done. I think obviously if it doesn't, you're still in a good spot. You have A.J. Brown, but that's a lateral move that I'm trying to make. And I know Jamar Chase, and here's here's a classic example of what the quarterback can do. Jamar Chase has got T. Higgins opposite of him. He's a top 15 startup wide receiver, but he's got Joe Burrow, so you're okay with that. Uh, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen was only there for a couple more years, and Kirk Cousins is on his way out. But, again, it's Justin Jefferson. So, for me, I'm going to think – I'm going to try and make that move and see if it can get done. I think it's 50-50, if you want my, if you want my opinion. You have to find an A.J. Brown fan. I think there's a 50, maybe even 40-60 chance you can get that deal done.
1: I, I could see it getting done. Yeah, absolutely. What about the opposite side of this uh, on the Tennessee Titans side? Uh, how does this affect their offense – uh, is it, does it affect anyone other than, than Ryan Tannehill or just Tannehill?
0: Uh, I don't know. Again, I said this on the podcast about when they drafted Traylon Burks. Like, I don't think I said the same thing about Traylon Burks. It's like, it's not like you have that much to do to catch AJ Brown's numbers. You know what I mean? It's not, again, he's not, he's not a 1500 yard receiver, right? Like he's not this alpha 1400 yard receiver. He hasn't done that yet. So they literally just swapped Traylon Burks for AJ Brown. That's what they did. So he'll see the same amount of targets, get the same amount of receptions. We know he's really good with the ball in his hands. I mean, you think it's crazy in a 17 game season that Traylon Burks can't get 1,100 yards and 80 catches? I don't. So I don't think well, it really affect. I don't think it affects him too much. And they bring in a better number two. They have Robert Woods there. Um, that's a great spot. They bring in Austin Hooper, who falls down when he catches the football, but he still catches the football at times. But I think Robert Woods, is, like we we all know how we feel about Robert Robert Woods, right? We love him. So like, right. I think if anything, Ryan Tannehill gets a bump. I don't think he's downgraded because what? Because I like Traylon Burks. I like Traylon Burks, and I like Robert Woods. Uh, you still have Derrick Henry to keep the defense honest back there. So to me, instead of having just AJ Brown. Now he's got AJ. He's got Traylon Burks and Robert Woods. I think those are really two good receivers. Robert Woods could surpass that eleven hundred yards that AJ Brown did. You don't think so? You don't think AJ Brown, Robert Woods, could put up twelve hundred yards?
1: I think Robert Woods can, but I'm saying this trade losing AJ Brown and gaining Traylon Burks is not a net positive for Ryan Tannehill. I think it was better situation when AJ Brown was there, and partly I know you're saying he never had fourteen hundred yards, That's but part trick, of that yeah. was because. Due to due to injuries, uh, he put up 1,100 yards in like Doesn't matter. 12 games, and 13, it does matter because when he's on the it. field, that's it. how dominant he is. So i i Listen, think I think this I is a slight it. stock down for a guy that already wasn't uh, his stock wasn't great to begin with coming into the season. Yes. You're going to have to assume that Traylon Burks is going to do what Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson did for a rookie receiver to have that big of an impact. I just don't
0: see it. I don't know, man. I think I just think Robert Woods offers enough to offset that difference. That's that's the difference. And you're right. A.J. Brown was on pace for 1,500 yards, but he didn't get 1,500 yards. I mean, Christian McCaffrey was on pace for 2,000 yards, but then he got hurt too, so what are we going to do? Now, I, I get what you're saying. It's just, I mean, here's the thing. Ryan Tannehill is already low in the totem pole, right? So it's not like how much farther right. is he going down the totem pole with this trade. I just think – I don't think his situation is that much worse – not just because of the trade. Again, it's not obviously the Traylon Burks trade makes this situation way worse. But off sending it with Robert Woods, I don't think it makes it that much of a. I don't think. It, I don't think it down uh, puts him down that much farther.
1: I agree with the Robert Woods part. I'm just saying the the AJ Brown to Traylon Burks that trade wasn't helpful to Tannehill. But I agree with, overall with the off season the yeah, acquisition of Robert Woods is good for Ryan Tannehill. I definitely agree with that. And I think it's and, I mean, by far the and, best and second say, receiver they've had in a while.
0: And, and to be fair, I mean, you could have easily said the same thing when the Vikings traded Stefan Diggs to the Bills for the first, and then the Vikings used that first on Justin Jefferson, and they swapped him out. Now, listen, that's an outlier. I get it. But we'd be saying the same things, like right? Like, oh, wow, Kirk Cousins downgraded. He just lost to Stefan Diggs. And they draft Justin Jefferson. We like Justin Jefferson, but I mean – What's he going to do? Comes out, he's an absolute rocket, right? He's just a star. So, right. to be fair, Tra- but Traylon Burks has that capability. You know what I mean? He he has in him. And I know the dynasty community is bound on him. Not everybody loves him. I know Matt does not like him. But I really still believe in Traylon Burks, and I'm really excited to see what he can do. And I think out of these receivers landing spots, I mean, obviously Drake London's in a good spot. We'll get there in, in a minute. But, like, I think... I think it's. I think he's in a good spot. So I'm excited to see it. Like I'm excited to talk about a team that was the number one seed in the AFC last year. They're getting back to Derrick Henry. They drafted. What's the running back they drafted again?
1: Uh, Hassan Haskins.
0: Hassan Haskins. They have another running back, a bigger back out there. So we'll see. I'm excited. I'm excited to see what Traylon Burks does in place of AJ Brown and what Bobby Trees does there. So. I think I think the biggest hit again goes back to AJ Brown. Great right? Robert Woods boost, Traylon Burks boost. You know, it's like AJ Brown's the one that can hurt the most out of this trade. So, uh, oh for sure. Moving on from that trade though, Garrett, there was there was another trade. Marquise Brown gets traded to Arizona from Baltimore. Um, they give him a first form, which is that's crazy. I mean that this is has to be. Talking about, you know, all these all this news is coming out in, out of Arizona about Kyler Murray and like well, they can they sign him? Can they trade him? Talk about trying to give this dude a nice back rub by going to get his college receiver and giving up a first to do it. I mean, wow, what a to get a first for Marquise Brown when you can only get a second for DeAndre Hopkins? Like, what is going on here? You know what I mean? Sweet baby dynasty players. So but obviously I think this is a massive boost for Marquise Brown like two things here one you don't give up a first for a player in the last year of his contract without completely intention the tent to resign him right like you just don't do that right. you don't read you don't give up that draft credible not to resign him DeAndre Hopkins is out the first six games of the season he's he's he was hanging out with Will Fuller too much so to me I mean, obviously, obviously doesn't hurt Lamar Jackson because just Rashad Bateman slides in that role of nobody catching footballs. Mark Andrews is number one. There helps Devin ha- helps Devin Duvernay. Some who's a player that I liked, but for Marquise Brown, I mean, you're talking about a guy who already showed flashes there in Baltimore that he could be a wide receiver. One This puts him into a position to potentially be a wide receiver. One. Do you see that path? Yeah, I definitely see that path. And I think this was
1: part of the element that has been missing from Arizona's offense. I think they've needed this true speedster to really take the top off the defense. And obviously, Kyler and Marquise Brown have chemistry going back to their days in Oklahoma. Because I remember scouts saying the only player that might be faster than Kyler Murray in this draft is his wide receiver, Marquise Brown. So I think they really want to speed things up. I think they really want to... Uh, take the top off more often, and you're right. I think I think the mentioning the DeAndre Hopkins thing is big because any time that you are missing that big of a piece of an offense, those targets have to go somewhere. And six games is a long time to start building chemistry, um, building rapport with a player. And you know we'll see how quickly DeAndre Hopkins comes back into the fold and you know is back to normal. But I, I do I think this is a boost for Marquise Brown's uh, value. I think he's better than Christian Kirk, and Christian Cook already put up okay numbers. I think he's going to be Christian Kirk plus fifteen to twenty percent.
0: Yeah, a, a potential wide receiver one. I think. I think worst case scenario, you have a wide receiver two, probably a high range wide receiver two because stay healthy as well. He's got the speed to get it done for after the catch. Um, what would you give up? Because a player like this who hasn't really done it yet after multiple years in the NFL. They're obtainable in Dynasty leagues. I'm sure people are excited about him going to Arizona. But just as many people are excited about him going to Arizona, there's going to be people in position here looking to finally offload somebody who has not done enough, a former first-round pick in their rookie drafts, done enough to help them gain more wins, to help them propel them to the Dynasty Fantasy Football Championship or even playoffs. Would you give up a 23 first for Marquise Brown right now? I think I would. I think I would give up a 23 first for Marquise Brown. Uh,
1: it, it's tough because I've never been like this massive Marquise Brown fan. But at the same time, I think this is a good situation for him. I think this is a good opportunity for him. Uh, and part of his struggles at times were he would be wide open and part of it was Lamar Jackson at times underthrowing him or something like that. But there were other times where he would just flat out drop the football. Uh, so mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see if he can clean some of that up. But I would, I would be willing to give a first-round pick in 23, assuming I'm not this rebuild team, and I believe that this is going to be a top three pick. I think those picks might be a hair too valuable, but as long as I don't think it's going to be a top three pick, I would be willing to give a first for for Brown.
0: Yeah, you get a chance to get Bijan Robinson, Jackson Smith, and Jigba. Uh, you, you you're you're making a backwards move on that trade, but yeah, if you're a contender. And you feel like you're a receiver away, I'd, I'd be comfortable with that. And I think there's a chance that I could probably get it done. Um, I don't think teams that have had Marquise Brown or championship caliber teams. I mean, if you use a first round pick on Marquise Brown, he hasn't made your team significantly better. So you're probably still in the middle of the road right around there. And it hasn't been too long unless you had multiple draft picks. So that's the offer I would make. You know, in Arizona, AJ Green's nothing to do there. We, we mentioned AJ uh, Christian Kirk's on. On the way out there, Kyler Murray's deal is going to get done long term. They'll resign Marquise Brown, so you have a good landing spot. Going to Baltimore side, we all like Rashad Bateman. We all like them coming out here. The Lamar Jackson thing's a real big mystery because he's his own agent. He has to sign a new deal. They're not even really talking. They offer him thirty-five million right before the Josh Allen deal. He he was like, "This is even remotely close to what I want here." there's a real possibility that Lamar Jackson is going to play out this year, get franchised. And there's a chance that the Baltimore Ravens end up, there's a very real chance of all the Ravens could end up trading Lamar Jackson. The fact that he doesn't have an agent, um, the fact that some of these teams, they're going to start looking at this Deshaun Watson deal, right? That the Browns made of $234 million guaranteed. And, other players start asking for that, what you have to realize is the reason the Raiders traded away Amari Cooper and Khalil Mack was because Mark Davis didn't have the money to pay them. And what I mean by that is if you guarantee a player his contract, for example, the Browns guaranteed Deshaun Watson $234 million. When you do that, you have to take that whole $234 million right then, that day, and put it in escrow in the NFL. So the owner of the Browns had to write a check for $234 million and put that in escrow for Deshaun Watson because that money is guaranteed. So Mark Davis for the Raiders, hence why they moved as well, he didn't have money to pay Khalil Mack guaranteed money. He didn't have money to pay um, Amari Cooper. The Steelers, you know, teams like the Bengals, when Joe Burrow's going to have to get paid, this can hurt them because Mike Brown doesn't have. $234 million laying around. Like, I know these teams are worth billions and billions of dollars, but these some of these owners, like the Steelers, uh, the Bengals, some of these owners don't have that kind of cash just laying around. Uh, so that could, that could be a situation for them down the road. So there's a chance for the Ravens that Lamar Jackson's not the quarterback of the future there, which would help Rashad Bateman a ton. I think the player I'd want to buy the most there, Garrett. Which when I and I say buy, you might just be able to check your waiver wires. Is Devin Duvernay, a um, speedy, twitchy, uh, quick receiver kind of? You know, he could kind of take over that Marquise Brown role. I'm not excited now about it again because Lamar Jackson's the quarterback. For down the road, though, I mean that's a player that I thought had some good upside coming out, and I think this is a year they could possibly show himself. Um, you could probably get him for a fifth round pick. You know, pick him off your waiver wire. That's the one guy who I think, obviously outside of Rashad Bateman, who's the clear choice here, benefits the most right. is Devin Duvernay in Baltimore.
1: Yeah, I agree. I I like Devin Duvernay. Uh, another one that's in the same vein as that uh, that might be willing to just check your waiver wire just to have him, just in case he ends up being like the number two guy. Tylen Wallace out of Oklahoma State. Uh, he was uh, oh. he was a guy that was was a decent receiver. Uh, coming out of college, almost won the Belinda but then got injured, and uh, that really set him back. They took him in the fourth round last year. Could absolutely be nothing. He could be nothing for this team, but it would be another one that if I could pick him up for free, you know, Miles Boykin's not even there yeah. anymore. He got cut, so it, I think it's worthwhile to to take a look there.
0: And James Proche too is on that roster as well. So, oh yeah, I would definitely. No. I agree with Garrett here. I would check. I would check your waiver wire for Tylen Wallace, James Prochet, um, Devin DuVernay, they're there. I mean, these are the kind of exact kind of players you want on the bottom of your roster, right? Guys that have a, a, an opportunity. And if they don't, you cut them, you you, you drop them right back in the waiver wire. But these are guys you want to pick up because if anything at all from a, a waiver wire pickup and all of a sudden Devin DuVernay is the number two and Rashad Bateman starts off slow somehow and he's the number one, he puts up a couple of good games. I mean, you just took a waiver wire pickup and you turn it into a 23 second. You know what I mean? Like there's that kind of path you could follow sometimes. So Garrett, you want to go over some of these guys, um, these first round receivers. You want to start going through some of these names here and see how the vets of their teams are uh, affected.
1: Yeah. So I, I wanted to look at at least the first round guys and we could talk about other, other guys that weren't okay. first round ones, but I wanted to at least look at the first round guys. First one's Drake London. Now there is not a lot of vets there to be affected Uh, really the only guy I think worth talking about, because obviously it's a boost for the quarterback anytime you add a receiver, and there were no other receivers of note there. So really what this comes down to is what does this mean for Kyle Pitts? What do you think?
0: I don't think it means anything for Kyle Pitts. Uh, I think his numbers stay the same. If not, they go up. I think it helps. Yeah, if anything, it helps, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, you have a rookie receiver coming in. This guy was the fourth overall pick last year, uh, pretty much at 1,000 yards last year. I mean, this is just, again, the quarterback of the future is not in the roster. That's The biggest problem with Drake London this year is going to be Marcus Mariota. So good thing Drake London's a good jump ball receiver because Mariota's not that accurate. Kyle Pitts should be okay there as well. They keep everything short and intermediate. But, I mean, this guy has top 10 draft capital. He, Like you mentioned, there's nobody there to affect him receiver-wise, so I'm not really worried about Kyle Pitts. It's why Kyle Pitts is already – the one one of dynasty tight ends pretty much him and Mark Andrews is because he's one of those players. That's going to get a ton of targets, which leads to wire tight end one and put up numbers with him. You know, he's the closest thing we'll probably see to Travis Kelsey, him and Mark Andrews. So for me, great landing spot, tons of targets, pick number eight overall. If, if you took Drake London as your wide receiver one in this draft, I'd have no problem with it whatsoever. Like, whatsoever. I mean, this guy is going to be the number one, no competition. I'm sure they'll bring somebody in next year, whether they sign a guy or they draft a guy in the second round. But the Falcons are going to be bad this year. I mean, they're not going to be good. They're going to have a high draft pick. They're going to try and find, put themselves in position to get, um, but, you know, CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, someone. Else. There'll be a quarterback, a young quarterback on that roster sometime next year. I was really surprised they were never in, in the Baker thing, which tells me all I need to know. It's just basically they want to get one of those good quarterbacks next year so, great landing spot. It's weird because we're talking about some players they affect. The only person you mentioned he can affect is Kyle Pitts. I don't think he affects them whatsoever. Like you said, he helps them. So, great landing spot. Love loved the spot for him. And I think, it, I think it doesn't hurt anybody whatsoever. I don't think it hurts anybody whatsoever. It only helps him and Pitts.
1: What about Garrett Wilson? He was the next receiver off the board. I know the nerds were... Pushing the uh, Elijah Moore train pretty hard. Uh, Big fans of him. Uh, Zach Wilson is his quarterback. Those would be the two most obvious effects. Uh, How does it affect those two players and maybe other players like Corey Davis or anything like that?
0: Yeah, this is one of those spots that we talked about before. Like some of these receivers are going to get that Green Bay bump, the Kansas City bump. Like some of these guys, like we all knew the Jets were going to take a receiver, right? They've been trying to trade for receivers. We knew they were going to take a receiver. And for Garrett Wilson, our number one receiver coming into this draft, it's just not a great spot for him. Now, that being said, I'm still taking him as the first receiver off my board because a couple things here. I I believe in Zach Wilson. I like Zach Wilson. Um, He was my number two-rated quarterback coming out last year. I think he still has a high ceiling. This kills Corey Davis, obviously, who they signed uh, to a contract. Absolutely murders him. I think Elijah Moore is good... Elijah Moore so savvy. He's such a good route runner. He catches everything. I don't think this affects him that much. Obviously, it hurts him a little bit because you want to be the alpha and now he can't be the alpha because it's going to be him and Garrett Wilson. Because Garrett Wilson's too good to be ignored. Um, they signed Jerry Ruck, Jeremy Rucker, but it, the, again, you have. To, they also drafted Brees Hall. So it's like this is a dynasty mecca, right? Like if you're in a super flex league, you're like, ooh, Brees Hall. Ooh, Michael Carter. Ooh, Zach Wilson. Oh, look at Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson. Like, you, these are all top 100 picks. You know what I mean? And a super, well, maybe not Michael Carter, but these are all top 100 picks in a dynasty startup and Superflex League. So for me, Garrett Wilson, I mean, he's not going to fall outside of the four. But I think out of these four receivers that we love, which are Garrett Wilson, Drake London, Jamison Williams, and Traylon Burks. He probably finds himself in the worst situation, you think?
1: It's close between him and Jameson. Um, I don't I don't think either one are like a great landing spot bump. So it, it's those two are pretty close, but I'm really interested to see if this offense could take a Bengals turn, uh, where kind of out of nowhere it was an offense that you were like, ugh, that offense is yuck. And all of a sudden you're like, Holy cow, this offense is sexy because they've invested a lot in that offensive line too. So, when you invest a lot in the trenches mm-hmm. and you have some good young assets, that's the recipe for a quick turnaround and it's it's all going to rest solely on Zach Wilson's shoulders. If Zach Wilson can take that next step, all of a sudden, you know, not that I think they will be as t- as talented or have put up the same numbers, but Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore could turn into, you know, a poor man's production version of jamar chase and and t higgins so this could very quickly become a really good offense is there risk there yeah but i'm willing to take on that risk because i believe in zach wilson enough and i think these young pieces around them the offensive
0: minds the culture they're building i, I think i'm in on the jets i'm i'm in too because i like all their i like i like all their dynasty assets i mean i love Brees hall absolutely love him. um it's going to put them in position to be able to run the ball and not put all that pressure on Zach Wilson, which I think will really help him as well. I think, I think this year the Jets' receivers will be just okay. Like they'd be lucky to be wide receiver twos. I got you know, I know that's that, that sounds like you're putting them down, but I think the three of those guys kind of cannibalize each other just enough to finish as like low end wide receiver twos, maybe a wide receiver three, uh, wide receiver. Three, you know, like I it wouldn't be surprised me at all if Garrett Wilson finishes outside the top 36 of fantasy receivers this year and Elijah Moore's their number one receiver when it comes to fantasy football production. I think because I think Brees Hall will be good enough to help carry this team somewhat. Like you mentioned, the offensive line's good. They have two really good tackles. Heck, they actually have three pretty solid tackles there uh in New York. I think Brees Hall and Michael Carter could do enough and protect. Zach Wilson enough. And I think Salish would be coming from that San Francisco offense, saw what a really strong run game can do. Uh, and their offensive coordinator, same thing, came from that offense. So they saw what the offense can do. We saw what Michael Carter could do at the back end of last year as well, put up some nice running back one numbers there at the back end of the year. Him and Brees Hall for that one-two punch to really protect Zach Wilson, to help bring them along for year three. And I think Jets were really trying to compete in 2023. So I think the expectation on the receivers should be very limited. And I think Brees Hall benefits the most from here. Having those three really good receivers, ben- the offensive line. I think Garrett Wilson hurts Elijah Moore only for the senses. Like you were just hoping Moore would be the number one there. And he's the alpha and that's no longer the case. It's going to be kind of like, like you said, the Jamar chase T Higgins role, um, you know, Deontay Johnson, chase Claypool, Adam Thielen, Joe, however you want to spin it, right? Allen Robinson, Cooper Cup. Like somebody's somebody gets hurt there when it comes to targets. So I like the player. I like the offense, which helps me keep Garrett Wilson at the top here. But again, you're talking about a whole bunch of offensive player, and there's only so many balls to go around. We talked a lot. Uh, I've heard a
1: lot of talk about Drake London, arguably the best situation early on. But I think we've overlooked a little bit Chris Olave and where he ended up and where he landed. Uh, you know, if we're talking about Kyle Pitts, Kyle Pitts to Michael Thomas, okay, somewhat similar target share commanding, possibly, but the Michael Thomas asset is descending. He is not the player he once was. And I think that, you know, we have two possibly one year quarterbacks in Marcus Mariota and Jameis Winston, but Jameis Winston has far outproduced Marcus Mariota as far as fantasy relevant wide receivers. So, and outside of that, once again, there's nobody else there. There's no one to compete for targets. So I I think this kind of helps Jameis Winston have a reliable target. And it might be nice for Michael Thomas too, to have, you know, a little bit of help, but uh, from, you know, I know we're looking at this from a veteran perspective, but from a player perspective, I would put, if I, if there was money to be placed, I would put a sneaky bet on Chris Olave maybe being the highest producing fantasy receiver in year one out of this class.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah, I wouldn't do that, but okay. Um, so the next two receivers we're going to talk about, the reason I love them so much is for their spots. The biggest thing with Olave is what they gave up to get him. They gave up a lot to get, trade up to get Olave. I mean, and all the, I can't remember, I saw the trade sheet what they end up getting. It's like, a 23-second, a 23-first. Like, they gave up a lot to move up. Because you got to remember, they moved up to 16 by giving up their first next year to get to 16 to put them in them position to move up to um, 11 or 12 to get Alave, right? I think it was 11 for Alave. Yeah, it went yep. Wilson, Alave, and Williams. So they gave up a lot. You that it, It's easy to forget because they did it before the draft. They gave up a 23-first to move to 16. So they gave up a 23 first, and then they gave up a second on top to move up to number 11. So out of any player we're going to talk about, this player has the most trade capital behind his name, right? Like this team invested a lot into him before even him signing his rookie contract. So a really good spot. Muggle Thomas, we all know he's gone the moment that guarantee money's gone, right? Like, As soon as that guarantee money's up, Michael Thomas is out the door. They re-signed Traquan Smith. They got Marquez Galloway there. They got Adam Troutman at tight end. But this is their number one receiver of the future. So we don't know their quarterback situation long-term. It could be Jameis Winston. I would suspect it's going to be Jameis because Jameis was playing some of the best ball he's played at the beginning of last year in New Orleans. So to me, I don't I don't think Chris Olave. Does enough my my tape concerns still go back here? I don't think Alave does enough with the ball in his hands to be that wide receiver one like rookie of the year kind of guy, number one guy. I think there's other guys on here like Drake London, Traylon Burks, Christian Watson, Sky Moore that could probably outproduce him this year. Uh, definitely those later guys we're going to talk about. So I like the I love the spot. I like the player, but my initial tape analyst analysis it's just not going to change you know what i mean like it's just i think he's one of those guys that's going to catch a ton of footballs and have solid yards but end up being like that robert woods like wide receiver 13 which is really good like it's really like he's gonna be really good probably for a long time he's gonna be steady he's a really good route runner. He's got really good speed it's just he's never going to be that alpha i don't ever see him as being an alpha receiver you know what i mean so it's always i would rather <coughs> excuse me amongst these names I would rather shoot for the moon on guys that think of the potential to be the alpha receiver. Guys like Garrett Wilson, Drake London, Jameson Williams, Trey Burks, and I think I think Sky Moore and Christian Watson have just as much chance to do what Olave does, <coughs> but also to surpass him. You know what I mean? Like if you want to play it safe, Olave's to pick. Like if you're on the clock, if you want to play it safe, you just want to get a solid player. Alave is certainly the pick. If you want to go upside, he's not the pick. No, I don't hate that. And uh, Sky Moore,
1: <coughs> I have, I have him and him and Alave are right in the same tier. I have uh, Christian Watson just slightly below those guys. I think there's just a little more risk than uh, than with Alave and Sky Moore. But yeah. I'm with you on Sky. Uh, I, I definitely would would be looking at him. Uh, Last two names we're going to talk about from the first round because we're not going to cover Traylon since we already talked about him in the A.J. Brown trade. Uh, Jamison Williams, we already mentioned him, uh, and and Jahan Dotson. Those two players, the vets that are on those teams, anybody get a huge bump or a huge decrease uh, because of these first-round receivers joining those teams?
0: Yeah, Amon Round gets an absolute massive decrease uh, in my eyes because – Listen, his late season bump got because all the other receivers on his team were hurt. T.J. Hawkinson was Hawkinson. Listen, I like. Let me start with this. I still like Ahmad Rossay Brown, right? But like those numbers he put out end of the year, where he was literally a top three fantasy receiver, that's out the door because he was the only receiver standing. They resigned Josh Reynolds there. They still have T.J. Hawkinson. They got Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift, and then Jamison Williams. Again, they went from thirty-two. The 12 to go get this guy, right? Like they move up their second, right. they get up their third, they get up 32. So, another team that invested a lot of draft capital into a player. So, they did this envisioning that Jamison Williams is their number one receiver. And of course, Jared Goff's there and he's going to hurt him a little bit. But listen, if Jared Goff can't get it done this year, then Jared Goff won't not be the quarterback of the Detroit Lions in 2023. So, there's nothing to worry about there either. This is dynasty famous football, it's long term. So to me, I still, I would take Jamison Williams as my number two rookie receiver uh, behind Garrett Wilson. Or, I mean, honestly, any order you want to put these four in, it's okay. I'm okay with it. I would take, I would take Jamison Williams probably for sure ahead of Trey Burks. And then, I mean, it just depends. Like, I think I would take a different guy every single time amongst these guys, but I mean, Jamison Williams has just as, high of a ceiling, if not more, when it comes to target share as Garrett Wilson does. So to me, he's playing inside a dome. He gets to use his speed uh, on that turf inside the dome. He's got the draft capital behind him invested. Not only does he have the 12th overall pick, but they they moved up a huge amount just to get this guy as well, to tell you how much they believe in him. So he's going to get every opportunity to become the number one receiver here. Uh and that's what and that's what how they're gonna use him. So I think Amon Brown takes the biggest hit here. Uh I think it puts him back to that like wide receiver two at best range, and probably like mid-range to low-end wide receiver two at best, because you still have TJ Hawkinson, you still got DeAndre Swift, and Jared Goff is your quarterback. So it sounds like Jamison Williams is gonna be ready to go by training camp. Uh his surgery. He tore no other ligaments in his knee. It was just the ACL. It was a clean tear. So they're saying he's probably going to be ready. He's already running. So he's probably going to be ready by training camp. So I would assume personally that Jamison Williams is the number one there. And then the number two is going to be split between Amon and TJ Hawkinson. Because remember, TJ Hawkinson was a top 10 draft pick as well. So Amon gets crushed there. Don't love it for him at all. I think Jameson Williams is clearly going to be the number one there inside the dome. I I think he has probably the highest ceiling amongst all these receivers we're even talk about uh, when it comes to fantasy football production. So when you said Chris Olave sneaky, I think I mean I guess all of them are technically sneaky uh, to be the rookie of the year. But again, they're all first round picks. So how sneaky are they really? Um, but I, actually, you said you didn't like the landing spot. I don't mind the landing spot at all. Uh so I think if Calvin Johnson can produce there, we've seen people produce there year in and year well, out. Well, that uh, Calvin Johnson Calvin Johnson's was, an outlier. He's
1: he was an outlier. He was producing with Matthew Stafford, too. He's, he's got he's got true. Jared Goff. Jared Goff is is a quarterback that's more suited to an Amon Ra St. Brown, somebody that's gonna stay closer to the line of yeah. scrimmage. I agree it is a, a stock down a little bit for Amon Ra, but I don't think it's nearly as bad as you say. But if if you're going oh, from bad. him Being wide receiver three, sure, but I don't think anybody had expectations of Amon Ra being a top five receiver this year. I think most people expected him to settle back into, for fantasy purposes, low end wide receiver two type range. And so I still think he's going to finish somewhere around there, maybe low two, high three. Um, But I think as far as like an expectation of him, I don't think that's, I don't think it's crushed too bad. I worry about Jamison, not from a talent standpoint. I just worry... (laughs) I just worry about how uh, how much he's going to be able to get hit on those deep routes, uh, how many opportunities he's going to have to be able to you know get 40-plus yards down the field and catch a pass. So that's the only thing I'm a little worried about. We saw that as a problem for Robert uh, Robert Woods and, and Cooper Cup where they were constantly, it was low A dot, low A dot, low A dot. I think they're going to have to change the way Jameson Williams plays a little bit to better suit Jared Goff. But, he could easily be gone, and we could be talking about C.J. Stroud or somebody like that, uh, throwing in passes, and then that's a very, very different story uh, at that point. Last guy here, Jahan Dotson, uh, Washington Commanders. This was, this was the one where, you know, outside of the top four or five guys, this was the one where people were like, ooh, that's kind of tough. You know, Carson Wentz and – And it's... uh, ADP
0: showing it too. ADP is clearly showing people are not happy with this landing spot. John Dotson is slipping to the second round of a ton of rookie drafts. Almost every one I'm in, he goes like 2-1, 2-2. Which to me is like super
1: good value. If I can get him at 2-1, 2-2, I'm loving this. But what does this mean for Carson Wentz? What does this mean for Terry McLaurin?
0: I think it hurts Terry McLaurin because... Terry McLaurin strived as the number one alpha receiver there, right? Like that's, he's a he's a really good receiver, but like it helped that he was the only receiver, right? That helps. That helps us make us love Terry. Now he's got another receiver who kind of does a lot of what he does, you know? Uh, and Carson Wentz is a the quarterback. They, they've they been trying to add running backs. They bring in Brian Robinson. They have Antonio Gibson. They have JD McKissick. They have gluteus minimus. Like, I don't know. Like, I I agree why people are down on the landing spot, but I think it hurts Terry McLaurin. Like, I don't... And it hurts Jahan Dotson. Like, I don't love the spot either. Like, I would still take him ahead of James Cook and Damian Pierce. So, like, he's still going in the back end in the first round for me, for sure, with that that first-round draft capital. But I don't know. With Carson Wentz there, man, like... I think Carson Wentz hurt Terry (laughs) McLaurin, too, but this just like piled on. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like I stubbed my toe and I jumped up and down on one foot because my toe hurt and then I jumped on a tack. Like now I'm just sitting there with two hurt feet, cursing, making up swear words. Like, I don't know what's going on. I'm seeing red, um, commander red. So I just, I think this hurts Terry McLaurin enough where like this guy was a back end of the second, middle of the second startup pick to like, there's a lot more sexier options now to go that way. Cause now Terry McLaren's probably the same thing that we talked about. These, Cause some of these other guys like middle of the road, second round pick, you know, or wide receiver two. I mean, I don't see a clear path for Terry McLaurin to be a wide receiver one anytime soon. And that's how he's viewed for youth. And he still has to get re-signed as well. So, and they view the, they view him as a leader of that team. So there's a very high chance he's going to get re-signed there, but I don't, I don't love it for Dotson, but I think he's still good enough to produce low end wide receiver two to high end wide receiver three numbers. I think him and McClurin are gonna be pretty similar, but he's definitely let me ask you this, Garrett. Would you take Sky Moore and Christian Watson ahead of J- John Dotson?
1: Definitely Sky Moore, I would take. I me too. I don't know about Christian Watson. Uh in the first round, I tend to play it safer. So I'm probably taking Dotson, but it's really close. Like I, I wouldn't be upset if I ended up with Watson because it auto picked or something stupid like that. But I, I would probably still take Dotson over Watson. All
0: right. So how about how about we do this? We'll talk about Sky Moore. We'll talk about Christian Watson, uh, and we'll talk about some of these running backs how they affect their rosters in the Nerdhood episode. All right. You tell how about you tell how about you tell our listeners. Before we go, and I and I plug a couple other things about one of our uh, one of our friends that you know very uh, dearly, and tell them how they can get hooked up at our friends at Ultimate Autographs.
1: Yes, we have a new uh, read for tonight, and Rich is right. This is a company that I know and love very much. So it is Ultimate Autographs. It is the internet's most trusted, certified sports memorabilia distributor. Everyday Ultimate Autographs goes into their UA Live break room. And what a live break room is, is basically it's a place where guys get these boxes, mystery boxes, and you don't know what's inside. You know it's an autographed helmet, but you don't know who it is, and you get an opportunity to buy spots to win this. Because, let's talk about it. A lot of times, we don't have just $300, $400 laying around to go buy a football helmet, but... We might have thirty-five bucks, forty-five bucks to go into a live break, and you and eight other people will get these divisions, and then you have a chance to win these items for like forty-five bucks. Jerseys you can win them for like twenty bucks. It's incredible the value that you can get, but it's so much of a thrill too. It's it's that gamification uh, of it that is so much fun. I recently. Uh, Went in there, uh, did some stuff in the live break room. Ended up walking out with an authentic sign, Edron James. You guys remember Edron James? Played for the Colts and the Cardinals. Great, great running back. I ended up with an authentic helmet of his. It was awesome. Best of all, of course, we got a promo code because it's what we always do. We make sure we get you guys these promo codes, get you guys deals. Go over to ultimateautographs.com. That's ultimateautographs.com. And use the promo code NERDS. When you do that, you will get $5 off your first live break spot. So you get a chance to win something really cheap. Now it's even cheaper. All right? $5 off. Use promo code NERDS. I love it. You're going to love it. It's ultimateautographs.com.
0: Yeah, so check them out. Make sure you check out our friends at Prize Picks using that promo code NERDS. Get to our YouTube channel, subscribe. We're still running that great promo for all of you guys to get the DiceNerds.com and use any of our uh, tiers whether the NerdHerd, Dynasty GM tier, the whole package. For 15% off, use the promo code ROOKIE. It's only for our podcast listeners and YouTube listeners. Promo code ROOKIE saves you 15%. going to give you access to the NerdHerd episode, our bonus podcast that we do. It's going to give you access to the Dynasty GM, in the film room and the nerd score, and all that great stuff. But not only that, we just launched a new thing for our nerd herd members. As we get ready for August and our big launch of our Dynasty GM 2.0, we started a Discord channel. So we're going to be doing live AMAs in there, direct access to all of us on a podcast. This is only for nerd herd members. So if you want to get in there and join a community of already, we just opened this up last week. There's already 1,200 people in there because the nerd herd is just piling in here. If you join the Nerd Herd, use the promo code ROOKIE for 15% off. You'll get direct access to this Discord channel. Uh, Garrett, myself, Matt do live AMAs in there, with the rest of our writers are in there as well. So you have direct access to us, the Talk Dynasty, Talk Trades, uh, put some polls up there. And on top of that, we'll also be doing some AMAs with our writers and whatnot too. So it's a great place to get in there, commute, and Talk Dynasty fantasy football use that promo code rookie and get in that discord channel today on top of all the great tools the dynasty gm tool number one tool in the business and of course the dynasty nerds film room will help you already get ahead and get ready for that 23 class check it out and of course if you are a nerd remember we dive into that nerd show right now as matt would say adios